400 years have passed. No recorded miracles. No word from God. No major prophets. Nothing. It almost feels like God has gone silent. God is no longer speaking to his people. And so they term it the 400 silent years. And then at that appointed time, something amazing happens. In a small town in the hill country of Judea, the Bible tells us in Luke 1 that the angel Gabriel appears to an old couple that were beyond their years of bearing children. The husband, Zacharias, was a priest and his wife, Elizabeth. And something miraculous happens. He, he sees the angel Gabriel and he's given a prophecy that their son, John, would he would be a forerunner to the Messiah. And when he comes out of service, he is unable to speak. And this is amazing to the neighbors. I, I imagine if I was one of the neighbors, this is something we haven't heard of in the last 400 years. As she's in the pregnancy and it's time for the child to be born, we hear that on that day he's able to speak and he gives the child the name John. And this child is a fulfillment of the prophecy that was given by Isaiah. And her story now, I can imagine for the neighbors, are like, this reminds us of Sarah and of Rebecca and of Hannah and all these stories that we've heard of God doing amazing things. Maybe, back, maybe God is back again. Maybe God is starting to work again amongst his people. And I'm beginning to think that this was exciting for the community. God was starting to intervene in the things that they were going through. But that was just the beginning. Because very close by, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, that same angel, Gabriel, is sent to a small town called Nazareth, to a virgin called Mary. And when we read in Luke chapter 1 and verse 26, it says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. God chose to go to Nazareth of all places. He didn't go to the biggest cities. He didn't go to the palaces. He didn't go to the places that were esteemed. He went to little old Nazareth to this young lady who was probably between 13 and 16 called Mary who was carrying on with a normal life about to be married to be Joseph to Joseph and that angel said to her greetings you who are highly favored the Lord is with you verse 29 the Bible says that Mary was greatly troubled at these words and he wondered what kind of greeting this might be she was troubled she was worried are you calling me highly favored? Angel, you must be lost. Are you definite you're speaking to me? Almost reminds me of the angel also going to Gideon in Judges and saying, oh, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon responds and says, you can't be talking about me. I can't be highly favored. I can't be honored. I'm the, the youngest in our family and my family is the smallest in our clan. Our clan is not even one of the major tribes. But I see how God, through his sovereignty and his grace, he seems to want to choose those forsaken things, those forgotten people, those lost places, 
to partner them with them in his plan for salvation. And the angel says, yes, Mary, you are highly favored. You're the one that God has chosen. You're the one that God wants to partner with to enact this mystery that has been hidden since the foundations of the earth. You're the one that God has chosen to work with, to partner with, to put the gospel forward. And I don't know who you are as we get into this Christmas period. You might be counting yourself out. You might be feeling like you're not one of the people who might be selected. But we see how, how God elects even people who may not be counted in. He goes to that place of Nazareth and he finds Mary. Why? Because when he finds Mary, she's not puffed up. She's not proud. She doesn't have a hot head. She will not get overwhelmed by the responsibility because she thinks it's out of her own actions. But she knows that everything that is going to, be that is going to happen is purely because of God. Now the angel says to Mary, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. And you will call his name Jesus. He will be great. And he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. And his kingdom will never end. Now think about this. Not only has Mary been so blessed and so highly favored to have been chosen, but she gets this amazing promise, amazing promise, this promise that is beyond her, beyond her own needs, beyond her family's needs, beyond just her community. She was partnering with God to bring a promise for generations to come, the Messiah. Think about it. The God of all the earth, the Lord of creation, the Most High, the Lord of history, Jehovah El Shaddai, the Almighty One. He chooses to go to the smallest, loneliest, little, dirty town, finds a normal person, someone who is not amazing. We don't hear anything about Mary prior to this. And she, he says, I'm going to partner with you and you are going to be the mother of Emmanuel, God with us. You have been highly favored. You are going to be the person to look into the face of God. And isn't that amazing? And I can think and I can imagine right now for, for Mary having been brought up in that culture and would have learned the scriptures and heard all the prophecies about the Messiah coming. I'm thinking about the prophet Isaiah saying, unto us a child is born, unto us a son has been given and the government will be upon his shoulders and we shall call him, uh, you know, wonderful, counselor, prince of peace, mighty God. She's remembering all these things. Genesis 3 verse, verse 15 and when the Bible says, you know, I will put enmity between you and the serpent and it's talking about Christ coming and all the stories in the Bible that are pointing to the coming of Christ. She's remembering all these things and she's humble and she says, oh God, you are going to partner with little old me with such a big promise. The promise of salvation, not only for me and my family, 
but for all the nations of the earth, for all generations to come. And Mary says to the angel, Gabriel, how can this be? I am still a virgin. And the angel says, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. She says, this will not be by your strength. This will not be by human hands. It is not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit, says the Lord. It says the Holy Spirit will overpower you. And think about it, for 400 years, no move of the Holy Spirit, no miracles, no word. And all of a sudden, we start hearing the Holy Spirit is becoming active. And the angel says, even now, just to give you some confidence, Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. <laughs> Listen to this. For no word of God will ever fail. The angel says to her, look, we're going to do this amazing thing with you, but guess what? Not only with you, right now, your relative Elizabeth, God is doing an amazing thing in her life, something that was unfathomable, a miracle in her life. And isn't it so amazing how when God starts to move, especially when he starts to work towards the salvation of people, he's working through various people, various churches, various communities. It is never one person. The angel is saying to Mary, yes, we're doing this great thing with you, but God is doing so much more. Right now, as we're celebrating the Christmas holidays all over the world, God is doing so much in so many communities, in so many lives, and we are partnering. We have been chosen. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, God's only people who have been chosen for the ministry of reconciliation, to bring people back to the kingdom of God, to share the hope of eternal life that was brought through the birth of a Messiah. And Mary responds and says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. She accepted the promise of God. She accepted that she had been selected. She had been honored. She had been highly favored. And she said, Amen. She said, Amen. The call, the promise of God was so true in her life. She accepted it. She said, Amen. The Bible goes on in verse 39, it says, At that time Mary got ready, she got ready, action, and she hurried to the town in Judea where Elizabeth and Zechariah were. And the Bible says in verse 41, When Elizabeth heard Mary's greetings, the baby in a womb, in a womb leapt, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. There we go again. This season is about worship. It's about looking at Christ. It's about remembering the gift of salvation. It's about remembering Emmanuel, God with us. It's about being filled by the Holy Spirit. The baby leaps in the womb. There's excitement. There's joy. There's this jubilation. We, we should be leaping in our hearts right now because the Savior of mankind was given to us. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed amongst women are you, and blessed is the child you will bear. 
But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of a greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb lived for joy. Blessed is she who has believed what the Lord would fulfill, that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. And you see, she starts to, to prophesy and to sing for 400 years. No recorded prophecies, no recorded songs in the Bible. Silence. But all of a sudden, it is the appointed time and God is pouring out his Holy Spirit and the Messiah is about to come and people start to prophesy and to sing. And the Bible says that Mary also erupts into song. Verse 47, and Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, because he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. God has been mindful of us. He's been mindful of our generation. He's been mindful of Somerset West and the Helderberg area. He has been mindful of South Africa. And we need to sing a song to God this Christmas period. And say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to the earth. Thank you, Emmanuel, for walking amongst us and showing us that we have eternity. We have the hope of eternity, of reconciliation with God because of you, because of your birth, and because of your death on the cross, and because of your resurrection. Thank you that our families have hope. Verse 49, she, she says, For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Go and read that portion of scripture and that song from Mary when you have time this Christmas period as a family. And rejoice and thank God. Thank him for the gift of Christ. Thank him for the gift of salvation. Thank him for the promise of eternity in the kingdom of God. Thank you for the call and the favor that God has given us, that we are his ambassadors in our families. We are his ambassadors here on earth. We are his ambassadors in our communities. God has chosen us. He has elected us just like he chose Mary. We may not be chosen by our communities. We may not have the highest jobs at our workplaces. We may not be the best looking people. We may not be the tallest, the fittest. We may not have money, but we have been selected by God. And God has given us a responsibility to propel his kingdom. I will close with this thought. I remember a couple of years ago, I was in in primary school, that's I think two or so decades ago, and I got my first opportunity to participate in the, in the Christmas story as an act or a drama at school. And that year it was a class, and I remember I was so excited, and I went home and I told my mother, this year it's our chance to, to act. And it was always a big deal. Every year at the end of the year, the school would come together, all the parents and the students, and the class would, would put on this drama. And so I was excited, and the very next day, the teacher was going to read out the roles. Who are you going to be in the act? I remember going home very disappointed the next day. And my mom was like, you were so excited about the drama yesterday. Why, why, why are you so disappointed? And I came home and I said, well, the problem is, I was looking forward to, to being part of the play, but I didn't get any of the important parts. And I remember my mother asking me, like, what do you mean? And I said to her, look, I would have wanted to be Joseph, you know, 
because Joseph has got a couple of lines in, in the story, you know. You know, even if they'd made me the narrator of the story, you know, there's always the guy who goes up and says, you know, on a cold night in, in Bethlehem, you know, I wanted to be the narrator, but because he's got lines and he stands in front of the people, you know, they didn't choose me for that, you know. Or they could have made me at least the innkeeper, you know, the guy who says, you know, like, look, I'm sorry, there's no room for you here tonight, you know. I say, okay, what if they, they could have made me even a shepherd, you know, there were parts for the shepherds. They didn't have a lot to say, but you know, when the angel comes to them, they, you know, and, they, and they're told, look, um, you know, you will go and find a baby in a manger, you know, the favor of God is a poor man. I was like, give me that role, you know, you know, and my mom was like, okay, so what role did you get? You know, and I was like, I've been assigned to be a sheep in the manger, right? So there were people who were supposed to put on costumes in the manger and I was assigned as one of the sheep and that disappointed me because... I didn't have any lines. I wasn't really important to the story as far as I thought. I was just going to go in and one of the scenes and I was just going to stand there whilst the Magi came in with their gifts and the baby Jesus was there and they would leave their gifts and I was just there to look pretty. And I remember saying to myself at that time, I don't even know why I've been selected. This is, you know, I'm not important to the story. And I will always remember the words that my mom said to me in that regard. And she said, you know, the narrator has got lines, Joseph has got lines, Mary has got lines, the shepherds have got lines, the magi have got gifts. Everyone seems to be playing all these parts. But do you know that in this story and this play, the most important person is that baby in the cradle and he says nothing. But he was the one who was going to die on the cross for everyone. And that just changed my perspective. And I want to close with that. We talk about Mary and we talk about the heroes in the Bible when we talk about all these things. But the most important person in Christmas is not Father Christmas. <laughs> Even though my daughter is expecting gifts from Father Christmas in a few days, it's not the decorations and the lights, it's not the festivities, it's not even us spending time with our families at home. All of that is important and all of that should be done. But the most important person in this story is the Christ the Messiah, the Lamb that was slain before the foundations of the earth, the Son of David, the Son of Man, the Son of God. And I don't know where you are today in your homes. I don't know who you are with. I want to encourage you that this festive season is an opportunity for you and your neighbors to gather around Enjoy the food, enjoy each other's company, focus on being together and resting. But more importantly, it's to you to go back and look at Jesus. I say, Jesus, thank you, thank you. Like Paul writes in Philippians, for not holding on to the glory of heaven, for not considering the beauty and the majesty that you had and making the decision to be conformed to human likeness, being born in humble settings, in a manger, so that you may come into the earth, walk amongst us, show us the way, ultimately go to the cross, die for our sins, rise on the third day, so that we may be reconciled to the Father. That is the story of Christmas. 
Jesus came down to be with us, to walk with us, to reconcile us with God. Remember to take time to pray, to worship, to be filled by the Holy Spirit, to sing songs of praise, to sing carols, to worship him, to look into the face of God. Thank you. Amen.